so in this episode, we will be discussing um, Matt's finale as well as after the final rose, where we'll really get into um, Michelle, Rachel, as well as her conversation with Matt, and then, of course, the announcement of The Bachelorette. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So happy to have you back for another episode. Today we're going to be discussing the finale and the after the final rose. But before we get into all of that, how were your weeks? Well, you all know what happened, but um, for the fans out there, something, a tragic occurrence has happened this weekend. (laughs) Um, Well, basically, so me and my roommate and my boyfriend and two of our other friends, we went up to Big Bear in California. Um, I can't ski, so we literally just went up there to play games in hot tub, <laughs> as we should. <laughs> um, but on the way there, I got into my very first car accident. <laughs> Sad. Um, I don't really feel like giving any of the details, but anyways, um, that happened. <laughs> Like, I don't want to get into the details, but, like, 55 people died. It was a pile-up. <laughs> but, like, no big deal, guys. Y'all can speculate all you want. It was crazy. <laughs> you can speculate all you want. Akita's about to get her own, like, HBO true crime documentary. You like... might see me on the news next week. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, other than that incident, it was pretty fun. Um, we got back this morning, so I'm very tired. We had to wake up at five in the morning to get back before work um but it was just interesting because like california is so funny like you can literally like last weekend me and john were in san diego like jet skiing (laughs) and like (laughs) swimming in a pool and like this weekend we were out in like like feet um i don't even know how much a lot of snow but anyways how was your guys's weekend sophia how was how's la how's living life large well I wouldn't say large because <laughs> I'm basically just inside all day, but um, it's been nice to hang out with Will and we, we, so there was some insane deal from this airline for two round trip business class flights to Ireland that they ended up canceling a few days later. Um, and I, and Will and I still wanted to like be able to like plan a trip. I mean, who's to like, we don't know if we'll end up being able to take it, but it's just nice. The idea of planning one, obviously if it's not safe, we wouldn't go, but, um, we planned this trip to Ireland because neither of us have been, and we found a really good deal just like on American airlines or something. So we booked it last week. Um, and it's just like the thought of like being able to go somewhere that isn't really like just the U.S. is really exciting. Again, we don't know if we'll be able to go, but the tickets are super flexible. So it just like feels good to have booked something um, and they were super cheap. So I feel like that was like the highlight of my week because, again, I love travel content. So just being able to travel myself is just exciting. Did you choose Ireland because of St. Patrick's Day to fit into the theme? No, I chose Ireland because um, they had like the cheapest tickets. <laughs> And also, and also Ireland is somewhere that I've wanted to go for a long time. Um, and London's pretty close to there. So we were thinking about maybe yeah. doing a little hop, skip and a jump over there. But also, Sophia, the highlight of your week wasn't seeing me. Oh, also seeing Nikita. Obviously. <laughs> oh, my God. Fight. Obviously. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. No, that was also so fun. Um, anywho, Kelly, tell us about your week. My week was good. I think the only semi fun thing I did was. I took like a virtual cooking class and Ooh. yeah, <gasps> That's fun. it was really fun and like we made like, what did we make? We made like some chicken dish and then some like tomato salad or whatnot and it was like, this is the embarrassing part of it. It was hosted by like this person who was on Survivor, don't make fun of me, but I guess I'm still obsessed with that show and um, it's funny because the first five minutes he's like, he's like not a chef, but he's doing these cooking classes. But he, like, released, like, this cookbook. But, again, like, he's not a chef. Like, he's not a professional chef. So, during out, throughout the whole thing, he kept on just being, like, yeah, I have no experience doing this. And, yet I'm teaching you guys about it. And I'm, like, I kind of love that. That's, like, my life goal is just to tell people what to do with things that I 
have no idea what it's about. I just remembered something that I feel like you would like. Um, we did like an Amazing Race thing in Fair. <gasps> and I was like, I've never seen the show, but I know you guys like this show, so. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, it was pretty fun. Oh, I love that. It was like, so you just get like all the clues on your phone and then it like makes you go around all around like Big Bear and like find the clues to get to the next spot. Um, and we did pretty good. That's really fun. We finished in like an hour-ish, a little more than an hour, but. Oh, that's so fun. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've already, not that I'm saying I would ever become the Bachelorette, but I've already thought about if I'm the Bachelorette, like how one of my like dates will be like an amazing race theme of like whoever like like they have to like fly to the airports and like do all that fun stuff whoever gets the goes to the map first would be like that's who gets like the one-on-one night portion but like I haven't gotten that much thought to it (laughs) she's like I haven't planned every single date that I would be on and they can get the ring I'd want and (laughs) all right well we've got a lot to talk about today and I think in lieu of Bachelor Nation updates, we were talking about how we wanted to discuss Meghan Markle's interview with Oprah. My thoughts were, how dare, and how dare to the British government, to the royal family, the British citizens, how dare. Because <laughs> they were graced by the beautiful Miss Meghan Markle, made famous by Suits, watch on USA Network. And <laughs> and they tossed her into the trash, quite literally, when she literally did nothing wrong besides exist. So <laughs> it was really, it honestly was, all jokes said, it was very sad to see, especially when she was like, oh, like, while I was pregnant, I was suicidal and couldn't be left alone, because, like, pregnancy is, like, supposed to be, like, one of the most, I guess, beautiful parts in a woman's life. Yeah. I, I haven't been pregnant, so I can't support that thesis but like I hear it's supposed to be a lovely time (laughs) in your life and so to have that just be overshadowed by all this like tabloid hate and like not being able to leave your home and like all this depression like it's just sad and it's probably goes to show like how severe it was that like she wasn't even able to enjoy such like a special part of her life because she was constantly being bombarded by like hate and like racism and whatnot well, I guess my biggest revelation was them talking about her baby's skin color, just mm-hmm. because it kind of seemed, I just, I'm like, for, if you're that worried about someone who literally is, like, pa- can pass as white having a dark skin baby, like, I don't, I can't imagine if Meghan Markle was any darker, like, how that would go. Oh, yeah. I'm more just curious about, like, who it was, because you know that she, mm-hmm. like, like, Prince Harry refused to talk about it and then Megan said that it would hurt them really bad like the reputation really bad so I have a feeling it was either William or what's his face Philip is he next Charles I think right yeah yeah I had a feeling it was either Charles or um or William because oh Philip is the queen's husband right yeah yeah and and he said in the Oprah after interviews she mentioned that it the it was neither the queen nor Philip who said those comments so that is my conspiracy theory. <laughs> I mean, from everything that we've seen from Megan, she is just so strong and brave in everything that she does. And I think she, with everything that she's done, she goes into it like trying to do the best that she can. And when she went to London to be part of the royals, I think she was just consistently met with racism and with tabloids just completely just being horrendous towards her. Um And again, I think that's just another level of her bravery that she was able to handle that and still do the best that she possibly could. Um, And I think even doing this interview with Oprah, she's going against the establishment. And that's also an entirely brave thing to do. And I know I keep saying that, but I genuinely do believe that Um, because at the end of the day, she's just telling the truth and she's not gaining anything from this. She's just being her honest self and doing the best that she can. I agree. I also thought it was like crazy that they were like, they told her that she might have to keep acting because they couldn't afford to pay for her, like, living and security and whatnot. And I was like, you're, like, you make all yeah. your money off of taxpayer dollars and all you that goes to is funding yourself. So how do you not have enough money? And then um, the fact that they stayed at Tyler Perry's house for the first, like, mm-hmm. half of their oh, yeah. um, escape from Britain. And I was like, how do these people know each other? Like, how is Tyler Perry, like, sneaking his way into this royal drama right now? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but I feel like the moral of the story with Megan is we love her over here. <laughs> She's amazing. She's had to experience so much. And like what you were saying when she was pregnant, it's supposed to be such a special time in a person's life. And she was just consistently met with people making racial remarks towards her and her, her son. And like the fact that he wouldn't have security, he wouldn't have a title. I mean, it was just the disrespect was just out of this world. And I hope that they have a very beautiful, nice life because again, it's another lesson. Same with Diana. You never know what a person's going through. And I think, I think a lot of the times we saw these tabloid articles about Megan and we didn't know what was going on behind the scenes because that was the first time I heard in that interview that it got to the point of her wanting to commit suicide. And that is just so sad. And I just hope them the best. Um, but anywho, why don't we move on to the episode? So what I didn't realize is that it was a finale and then it was after the final rose. I thought I was going to have to strap in for a full four hours, but it ended up just being three. <laughs> Um, why don't we begin with just the finale, the two-hour episode? What did you guys think? Once Michelle left, the finale was over for me. So, <laughs> no, like, no offense to Rachel, maybe a little offense, but I just, yeah. like, I don't know, I just felt like Michelle was one of the two only likable women on the season, like, rootable women of the season. I, I think others were likable as well, but I feel like you really rooted for her. And so once... Matt James gave her the boot I was like next I'm not gonna lie I was very bored I thought he was so slow like just all the I just not even I mean I love Michelle but I didn't even want to see her segments I thought the whole like her meeting his mom and then them and like Rachel meeting his mom I thought that was so boring and then just like (laughs) and their date also not very interesting (laughs) to me um yeah, I don't know. I, it was so all I wanted to see was after the final rose because I think like yeah. and I think part of it's just because we there's been this like whole controversy with Rachel and we all knew that he was going to pick her and probably going to have been broken up with her. So like I didn't feel like seeing the lead up to that. I just wanted to mm-hmm. see, you know, the after the final rose. But I was watching it live so I couldn't skip it. <laughs> um that's exactly what I was going to say. I think I said this to you guys before, but it was like everybody like the controversy that was happening this season that's what everybody wanted to see last night so it was like that two-hour episode Mm -hmm. it felt like any other bachelor finale but everybody was just kind of over it everybody just wanted to get to after the final rose yeah i also think like like i feel like some like spoilers can be fine where it's like if it's still like the like the end result is like someone like ended up with somebody yeah but like in the case Mm -hmm. that like we all knew that yeah like how you how you guys were saying we all knew they had broken up like it makes it harder to watch them like fake propose dating Mm -hmm. to each other and like Mm -hmm. fake say i love each other to like i love you to each other because you're just like well i know they're broken up like i feel like taisha and like for taisha season and like claire like even though we all knew it was probably gonna be dale and then like Zach, it was still fun to see because yeah. you knew they were together after at that time. Yeah. Right, right. And you get to see the relationship form after and them come out. And, like, even, I will say, like, it's, <laughs> I, like, really don't mind if they're not together. Like, I, like, Hannah, it happened with Hannah B, it happened with Peter. But I, I think Hannah B's season was still entertaining, even though, and you feel bad for her. Like, you still get the whole, her you know, going to his room and throwing the ring at him. Like, you still get that kind of, you know, um, resolution from it. But I felt like, and with Peter, to be honest, that was just chaotic, so I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) That finale was, like, insane. That was insane, for sure. Um, But, like, with this, I felt like, like, I didn't feel anything. Like, it was just kind of like, ugh. It felt like kind of a waste of time, you know? Well, this is what I find interesting is with social media, reality shows are going to have to start to get smart about how they either plug spoilers and let them out early for like people to watch or find a way to keep it more secretive. Because I think what I, we've seen with The Bachelor in like recent years is like we know the ending before it's like even halfway through sometimes. So I, f- I think it's going to be interesting to see how reality TV kind of shifts in the age of like the digital space because if people are going to continuously keep finding out who like wins or who like ends up together I think there's still always going to be that interest but I think it's just going to be I think there must be people that teeter off once they find out who wins so I think it'll be interesting to see how they're going to have to keep something secret and like maybe release things I don't know yeah I don't even know how 
they got so many spoilers from that season. Because I get, like, in past seasons, like, they're out in public. So you have people, like, taking yeah. pictures and recording. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, these people are quite literally quarantined. So, like, how did they not, how were they not able to keep spoilers to themselves when they literally had control of every single person coming in and out of that building? Well, also, what I think is interesting is during quarantine, how so many people are inside their, like, houses. So they just have more time to figure out spoilers, to figure out winners, to figure out who ends up together, to, like, look at clues on Instagram or whatever. Um, So I think that will teeter off a little bit probably once we kind of go back to, like, just life and going into the office or whatever, going to school. Um, I definitely think it's it's heightened now because people just have time on their hands. But I also feel like the seasons are, are just spoiled every year, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Reality Steve will always yeah. get the ending usually yeah. before it happens. And he'll have, like, photograph evidence. So that's why I'm confused, like, why it was so still so easy to get spoilers from this season when everything's controlled into one house like they're not traveling to like a market and they're not like going walking the streets like they're literally on the premises well with Taisha he actually I think reality Steve got Taisha's wrong actually um I think he had said he had picked Ben first and then he said that she's with Zach but they're not proposed or they're not engaged um so he kind of got it wrong and then with this one I think a lot of people figured it out based on, I think Matt liked Rachel's Spotify playlist or something. <laughs> so they're like, they, people are kind of using like technology in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I mean, I don't know how he got the exact ending because I did check, I don't like to look at spoilers before, but I did check afterwards to see if he was right and he was mm-hmm. pretty, he was pretty spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was funny in terms of Michelle. Well, I guess in terms of the whole podcast, I remember very early on, I was like, I don't think Matt's here to get married. Like, he's probably not here for this. And I feel like I was right based on the conversation. He said he wasn't ready to get married multiple times in the finale. <laughs> but also, like, I again, like I thought it was funny on Michelle's date. He was like, she's so funny. She's perfect. My parents love her. Oh my God, like, so great. And then she's like, yeah, like, here's a baseball, like, whatever, basketball jersey, like, Mr. and Mrs. James, like, we'll get married. And he's like, I literally have to go. I'm, like, I just have to go. <laughs> oh, I felt so bad. I also saw it coming, too. When she pulled out the shirts, like, I, you can just read him so well. Because, like, with Rachel, he smiled. And with anyone else, when he didn't like them, like, you could just see it in his eyes. And, like, him just, his blank stare at those shirts, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> This is not ending well. They were such a cute idea. <laughs> I know, I know. Just not for yeah, him. Yeah, that was sweet. Cause, and it also was surprised how much his mom was like, you know, feelings change. Love isn't forever. You'll probably get divorced. And I was like, oh, okay. See, but I think it's good that she kind of like, like kept everything in check. Because I said this like a few episodes ago where I was like, okay, they're in this bubble. They think this is, like, the end-all be-all. Because, of course, when you're, like, in a bubble and that's all you're doing all day, that's all you think about. So I think, like, she brought, like, some much-needed kind of, like, like, keep your, like, eyes, like, straight, you know? Like, things happen. Life happens. Yeah. It was just odd to see it, like, like her, like, crying with Michelle being, like, oh, my God, I love you so much. And then her being, like, <laughs> yeah. love isn't forever. It was just such an odd, yeah. like, tonal shift that I was, like... Yeah. Wait, so did you not actually like Michelle? Like, I'm so confused. I mean, she was, like, crying with Rachel, too. Mm-hmm. She, I, th- yeah. <laughs> I was joking. I was like, I feel like Matt's really religious and his family's really religious. So, like, as soon as Rachel said the word God, <laughs> she just started bawling. Oh, for sure. <laughs> they bonded over the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, I was like, damn it. I kind of feel like... He- she likes Rachel more just because, like, when people are religious, they're really religious, you know? Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, for sure. Especially if it's something that they bring up on national television. Yeah. I mean, he opened up his first night with prayer, which is exactly when I would have been like, this is not for me. I'm so sorry I have to go. <laughs> Same, though. <laughs> Why don't we move on to After the Final Rose? Um, it seemed like it was broken up into three parts. Michelle and Matt, Rachel and Matt, and then The Bachelorette. Um, what were your guys' initial thoughts? I loved Michelle. I love how she, like, kind of stood up to, for herself and kind of put Matt in his place mm-hmm. about, like, how he kept on saying, like, 
what we what we'd always say like thank you for sh- thank you for sharing that like thanks for your feedback yeah. or whatever yeah oh my god she roasted <laughs> him that was so I funny <laughs> i was like good for you because we were all thinking it oh like, yeah yeah, well, because it was also like, why did he refuse to see her? She needed closure, and he kind of just like left her in the dust. Like, come on, she's your fine. She's like one of your final two. It's kind of a dick move. Like, I totally understand like needing a minute, but if somebody you just sent home is asking for like literally two minutes, I think that's what she said. She only needed two minutes. Give it to her. You know, it's fair to her. A hundred percent. And I, this is what I was thinking while I was watching that breakup. It seemed very quick and like nonchalant if that makes sense like it feels like he talked about breaking up and then they discussed it for a few minutes and then he left and I was like if I was breaking up with someone I loved I would literally want it to be like an hour discussion with us crying you know like Mm -hmm. because then it doesn't feel like (laughs) there will be tears (laughs) there will be tissues yeah I have requirements that's so good because then it's like if you just leave and I'm not going to see you again, like, it feels like our relationship didn't mean anything. And yeah, I was thinking back to Rachel Lindsay's breakup with, um, what's his face? Her runner-up. Peter, yeah. I was like, that's the kind of breakup I want. <laughs> and I was annoyed that Michelle didn't get it. <laughs> well, because she gave him such a sweet gift. And it's like, if you know, like, that person isn't your person, you're going to send him home. But, like, he just kind of was like, bye peace sign and like it was surprising too just because like he he did say how much he really enjoyed her company how like they got along so well like she like obviously was a front runner like for since she came in so it's just weird to see him be so dismissive after like hearing him say like such wonderful sweet things about her for weeks i felt bad for her but you know what she got the best justice which is becoming her own TV show lead. She did indeed. Dude, I know. I know. Like, honestly, fuck Matt. He's not ready right now. He was never ready. <laughs> like, he's not committed. Like, you go do your thing, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you find someone good for you. <laughs> but why don't we get into what the bulk of After the Final Rose is? It was Rachel by herself, Rachel with Matt, and kind of just that whole discussion with Emmanuel, who I thought did a fantastic job. Um, give me your thoughts about that. Um, first of all... I will say, Emmanuel, beautiful. A great mm-hmm. job. He was so articulate. He, like, really understood, like, the hard questions to ask, but also how to ask them in, like, yeah. such a insightful but yet respectful way. And I think that is the worst thing that could happen to Chris Harrison because now people know what it's like to have someone who can, like, speak and, like, be a good host that isn't Chris <laughs> Harrison. So I feel like, honestly, like, especially because he had such, like, popular social media reaction. If I was Chris, I'd be worried because he just proved that Chris is 100% replaceable and he's not the franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was great. I didn't know who he was, but apparently he's kind of popular. He does, like, uncomfortable conversations with the black... Yeah, I didn't didn't know what that was, but I was surprised because I... Because I didn't know who he was, it felt a little random to me that they picked him as a host, but, like, now I can see why they picked him. Like, he did such a good job. Yeah. He's very, like, charismatic to the point, like, ask good questions. Yeah. I've seen a lot of his YouTube videos, and he just, he knows the right questions to ask. He knows how to ask them in, like, a good, compassionate, concise way. Um, And he just has the makings of just exactly what The Bachelor needs in a host. He's just amazing. He knows the right questions to ask, and he doesn't do it in, like, like a fluffy way like Chris Harrison would, where he's just like, so are you guys in love? Like, you know? And I, I also feel like he, even when, like, talking about, like, the more difficult, com- like, questions and conversations, he never phrased a question in a way that was, like, attacking or made made people, like, go on the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of funny that they made Chris Harrison do those voiceovers, like, promoing his replacement <laughs> and after the final rose. It was strange. I remember I heard his voice. I was like, why is he still here? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Chris Harrison, you were uninvited. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with Kelly. I thought he asked really good questions. I think Rachel said what we expected her to say just based on, like, what she's been saying these past few weeks. I mean, I think she said the right things. Like, she, you know, I'm sure she had some practice. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Um, She'd be stupid if she didn't. I know, exactly. No, for real. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, I guess she said all the right things. Um, her conversation with Matt, 
I think we'll we'll get into this. It was very awkward. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of secondhand embarrassment from that. Just cuz like I think okay, so this is the main thing we were discussing with the people that I was watching it with. He Matt had such like a negative reaction. Like it seemed like he didn't even want to see her and if Rachel's being like this gracious on TV, it kind of makes you wonder like what their initial conversations were like. You know, when like in private when the pictures first came out because I I feel like I have a hard time believing if she was this open minded that he wouldn't be accepting of that. Um, so it it almost feels like maybe she went on. I mean, I'm just speculating, but maybe she was a little bit defensive at first, or you know, maybe like the conversations were a little bit more aggressive, and like now she's like had to deal with the consequences and like is starting to change. I don't know. Well, didn't he say that? Um the most disappointing part of all of it was how he had to explain to Rachel why what she did was wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's why it's kind of like, what did, you know, did she get really defensive at first? Like, why Mm -hmm. did he feel, like, so hurt that he had to explain it? Also, like, how do you not, I don't know, (laughs) if people are telling you it's wrong, I don't understand, like, how you can't put two and two together. (laughs) I feel like I like the part where, like, they showed that picture of her and Emmanuel was like, what do you see when you see this photo now? I thought that was a good question. Mm-hmm. And, like, she answered it well, because obviously she has to answer it well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was good. And I thought, um, well, I don't know if you want to, do you have thoughts to feed on the, just the Rachel part? Because I was going to talk about Matt and Rachel, but I don't want to cut you off. I mean, honestly, I think you guys pretty much said it. I mean, she said what we kind of expected her to say. Um, She came off as sincere. Who knows if that was practice or if that's real. I mean, obviously, like, I think everybody hopes it's real. And like I said a few episodes ago, I think people can change. So hopefully she does. I mean, it's clear that, like, just a few months ago, she wasn't aware of why these pictures were problematic or why some of her actions were problematic. So, I mean, it's clear she's got a lot of work to do um so I it's like it's one of those situations of we'll see you know yeah for sure I also like Kelly you mentioned this but like it was so awkward when Emmanuel asked for a final embrace and Matt just didn't say anything or look at her yeah what made it even more awkward is that Rachel turned to like go for the hug Mm -hmm. and like Matt was just like no like don't even look at me and I was like (laughs) And Rachel was literally, like, pouring her heart out, being like, you're the only man I've ever loved, like, this much. Which I did, to be honest, I did feel a little bad for her. I was like, ooh, that's... Because it's, it's hard, like, saying that on television, too, and then just not getting anything back. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I did think it was a bit odd that they put Matt and Rachel up there together. I don't know if you guys felt that way, because I feel like Matt clearly, like... He was clearly so beaten up. I mean, I think I think Hannah Ann and Peter, they had a moment together after he broke up with her. Yeah, I think they usually do that just for, like, the drama effect of, like, oh yeah. my gosh, they're seeing each yeah. other for the first time. But I feel like in this case, because it was so racially right. charged, like, that's what maybe made it, this time maybe made it more awkward and uncomfortable and maybe not as right to do. Um, but it's reality TV, so they're going to do it because they need the viewership. Yeah. But. I mean, I selfishly did want it. <laughs> <laughs> they know their audience. I did I did really like how Emmanuel asked. He's like, so you did this in 2018. How are we to know that you're not the same person today? And like, what are you doing? And why did you wait so long to say something? Which I don't think her response to that question was very good. But, I mean, I don't know why anybody would have a good response to waiting six weeks for, like, that kind of allegation. I, I think Emmanuel did a great job. I think he handled it, like, with such grace. And I think Matt did as best as he could. I genuinely do believe that. Yeah, I, I felt bad for him. But I have a question for you guys. You, do you remember the question he asked about, like, how are you, like, taking next steps to, like, educate yourself and, like, do the work? I've always thought that question was kind of like, like, I don't know what an answer would be. Because it feels kind of strange to be like, I'm reading these books or I'm like mm-hmm. watching these things. Because it, it feels a little like surface level, if that makes sense. And I really don't know what else you can do. <laughs> but I don't really know how you would answer that question. I was wondering like what you guys thought of it. Honestly, like the only thing you can do is like try to understand as best you can and like surround yourself with, you know, like, those people, like, like, a person of color or whatever to, like, understand their experience, but, like, 
it's also like you don't really want to say that because you don't want to like put the the burden on them you know I don't know I don't really know how you answer that I think the answer is one to educate yourself but then to take that education and make it like a real life thing where you're like you're an advocate for change you're like doing all of these various things that actually put your actions in or put your like words into action where let's say you're attending a protest or you're calling your like senators representatives or you're running for office yourself or you're just just plain just being an advocate in your own community I think things like that I think it's turning your education into action because I think education is just one step for all my fellow white people and me. Yeah, I guess, like, sometimes it's it's obviously, like, I don't know the black experience, so it's, like, hard for me to, like, understand what someone that's black would want. But sometimes I try to think about it, like, what as, like, someone that's, like, Indian American, if someone says something racist, like, what would I want them to do? And, like, mm-hmm. honestly, like, for me, it's just, like, listen. Like, if I tell, you know, like, I yeah. have, like, so many stories, and, like, for you to, like, sit down and, like, understand, like, that would mean, that would be, like, meaningful for me. I don't mm-hmm. know how you feel, Kelly, like. I don't know what you would say. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I agree with that. And I feel like to that point, like, I feel like a lot of times when I talk to like white people or like, and try to share experience, I feel like a lot of times I get not pushback, but they'll like be like, well, were they serious? Or like, were Mm -hmm. they just joking? Or like, they like kind of like push back of, of like trying to be like, well, that's not what they meant or whatever. So I'd say like, definitely like listen to understand what's, listen to that other person versus just like listening to argue about what that person has said Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's I feel like that's a lot of people's reaction to like especially with what I read online to like like racial like racially incentive statements or actions or whatnot like a lot of people's like initial reaction is like well was it a joke like was it like you know what I mean like I feel like they try to find ways to like um, minimize the situation and put and put sympathy towards the person who's doing the racially insensitive thing versus the person who experienced it so definitely like trying to like put your empathize more with like the person who's sharing that experiences experience versus your side which is most likely like the same side as like someone who was more racially insensitive or like committed some type of action Mm -hmm. yeah because i don't know if me obviously everyone's experience is different but if someone told me like i'm reading a bunch of books about like the indian american experience or like watching movies or like bollywood movies i'd be like what are you doing (laughs) 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 like okay (laughs) i don't know what that tells you but but also like uh, the like being like a black person in america is very different (laughs) Um, right so like I like understanding the history of that's different but still I I feel like it sometimes I I hear people say that a lot like I'm reading these books and I'm like okay yeah (laughs) and yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) no I agree definitely I also I like the part where Matt like well Rachel was like not begging but she was trying to be like please like give change like Mm -hmm. will you ever like I love you whatnot I liked how Matt, he's, I'm going to butcher the phrasing, but he said something about how, like, your tears are not my emotional labor. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that was one of those good instances where it's, like, like, obviously, like, she's crying and, and whatnot, and so I think your first initial reaction is to be, like, oh, poor Rachel. But then it's, like, Matt coming back around saying, like, I'm not responsible yeah. for this. Like, I didn't force you to do those pictures or, like, like those comments. Like, so, like, I am not in charge of like your emotional state because those are your actions, not mine. And then like, I think in that situation, it could have been easy to be like, well, why hasn't Matt forgiven her? Like she's obviously like emotional about it. And so it was good for him to remind everybody. It's like, well, like I've also in a way kind of had the wool pull over my eyes in this situation. And like, so why am I now in charge of making her be okay? Oh, totally. And not to jump back, but I think when Rachel was saying how, like, oh, she doesn't know where to begin, she's listened to, like, books and podcasts and stuff, I'm just like, if your education isn't turned into action, what is it? Which I feel like she kind of did say that. She, she was kind of like, I could be doing all these things, but it's... Actually, I don't really know what she was getting at, but <laughs> I like how she started it, because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I, think, I think, again, it's like kind of the, we'll see. We'll see if, like, everything that she said so far does turn into action. 
like, I guess, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what we as, like, Bachelor Nation wants to see, and I guess it's more, like, just her being an advocate, mm-hmm. you know? I guess that's what we want to see. I don't know. I'm, like, trying to, I'm trying to think of, like, what, what do we, what are next steps? Like, what does that look like, and, like, what do we want from her? Yeah. I mean, she has a platform now, so she's got this huge audience that she can give resources and support and just do a bunch of sort of things with when you have that big of an audience following you. Oh, another thing I really like that Emmanuel did that I will say is that I liked how when he would ask Matt questions that were clearly more difficult for him, like he just allowed him to sit in silence um, and like kind of just think about it and whatnot. Because you know if that was Chris Harrison, he'd be like asking 5 million follow-up questions and like overloading him with all this stuff. So I thought it was actually nice to see like those like gaps of silence. And I think that's rare to see on television. It's like, like... Because, like, it's so, you're so used to everything being filled. So I thought those were, like, kind of, I thought those were nice. Yeah, and this whole time I was thinking, I was, like, usually Bachelor just pushes these kind of topics, like, hard topics aside, especially if it's someone that won. Um, And it's almost kind of, like, a saving grace that Chris Harrison got booted from the After the Final Rose. Because if Chris Harrison was doing this interview, like, we wouldn't have gotten any of this. Chris, like, wouldn't even say the word racism. He'd, like, look up a thesaurus and find all the other ways he could say it without saying it. He'd be like, so these allegations <laughs> against you. Because <laughs> well, I think also, like, Emmanuel just, like, knew when to give him a moment. Whereas Chris Harrison must be so dialed into, like, this makes the best TV. And, like, that's just not the way that this episode should have been approached. Yeah, I felt bad for Matt. It was hard to see him go through this season through all especially with having like racially ignorant contestants it was hard to see him like constantly go through mm-hmm. all of these trials and tribulations and- i also just kind of feel bad because literally like there have been so many in a row where the lead breaks up with the winner before after the final rose and, like, it happened to his two best friends, like, Hannah and Tyler. So I feel like it's just... And they were setting him up, like, telling him how great this experience was. And now he has to, like, go through this mess and come out the other end with mm-hmm. no one. I feel like that's kind of sad. And, yeah, he also discussed, like, the pressure he felt being the first Black Bachelor. And then to just experience the, like, just the racially insensitiveness of, like, everything that Rachel did. I mean, it was just... you. Again, I said it before. I mean, you could see it in his face the entire time that he was sad that he was there, that he was mad that he was there, that he deserved better, genuinely. Well, because it, I mean, it took up, like, it overtook his season, basically. Whenever totally. it came out, that's all anybody talked about. So it no longer was just, like, who is Matt as a person or, like, how, like, will Matt fall in love? It was more of, like, it, it switched to being, like, how will Matt react to the situation because he's black? Matt is the back, like a black bachelor. Matt is like, you know what I mean? It just all became focused on his race and how he handles racial issues versus just like him getting to be like a happy, lucky yo guy trying to fall in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of sucks. I'm, I'm like, why couldn't you pick anyone else? Literally anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe, okay, maybe not Queen Victoria. <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> Literally, the beard says it all. When he walked out, and it was, like, I know, literally geez. the thickness of, like, a shrub. I know. I was like, oh, my God, this man is going through pain. Like, he needs help. <laughs> um, anyway, should we move on to our lovely bachelorette? So, there was two bachelorettes this season. Or, it's, what's, it's gonna be two seasons. It's gonna be Katie mm-hmm. and then immediately Michelle. Um... So we all, I guess we all knew about Katie because that got leaked a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. We didn't say it on the podcast, but we all knew. Hee hee hee. And then, and then I guess, okay, here's where my conspiracy theory, like, wheels are turning in my head. So because Katie got announced a few weeks ago, I heard that, like, because of Michelle's school schedule, that's why they wanted to do hers later because she couldn't leave school. But part of me is like, who did they want? Like, did they want Michelle? And then because she couldn't do it, they had Katie do it and then wanted Michelle later? Or was it because of, like, this whole controversy they thought it wasn't, like, a good face to have, like, another white woman lead so they wanted a woman of color? You know, like, and that's why they did too, but they didn't want to tell Katie 
Like, they still liked Katie. So mm-hmm. They wanted, I don't know. I'm, like, wondering why there's two, <laughs> basically. Yeah, because they're skipping a Bachelor season. Oh, they are? Are they? That's basically what they're doing because it's, Bachelorette is going to be fall and spring of next year. Hmm. Oh, see, I thought, I thought what was happening was it, it's like Katie and then Bachelor in Paradise, and then in between the time they would have done the next, there's like a, a few months before the next Bachelor, I thought they were just squeezing in another Bachelorette. I think I read that, it, I think I read that it was Bachelorette spring and fall. So it's like, they're filming, they're starting Katie's filming in the next two weeks in Mexico, and then they're taking a break, then they're filming Bachelor in Paradise, and then they're taking a break, and then July, like July to August, they're filming Michelle's. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe they just had such bad Bachelor seasons, <laughs> and they're like, we need to redeem ourselves. <laughs> I also <laughs> wonder if it's, like, because Chris Harrison's out, like, maybe they're trying to save them for, like, The Bachelor, and, like, they're, like, introducing Tasha and Caitlin as the co-hosts for The Bachelorette, so I wonder if, like, they're also, like, trying to just give Chris more time to see if he even can come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I, yeah, maybe they wanted, like, two women just for, like, both bachelorettes to kind of put. It's, like, a better look, I guess. Um, but I don't know. Very strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe yeah. maybe it's honestly, maybe it's just, like, uh, uh, the two picks would have been Katie and Michelle anyways. Like, uh, it, it was between yeah. them two anyways. So maybe they were just, like, we really like both of these women. So we, we have to have them both. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I'm excited for Katie's season, though. I think she's going to be so good. And also, I think Tasha and Caitlyn are going to be, like, the perect hosts. Just because, like, Katie's super sex positive, and, like, Caitlyn, that was, like, her whole season. And then, obviously, Tasha's like, a god. <laughs> <laughs> Literally can do nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's just so good at, like, speaking and, like, saying the right things that I think it's going to be good. I hope. <laughs> I am. I'm also curious how they chose... Caitlin Bristow because she is from a few seasons back so did they just like renew some bachelor contract because <laughs> I think she's really fun but I mean she is from a few seasons prior so I'm surprised they didn't do like Becca or something I honestly think part I I have a feeling it's the sex positivity thing mm. I think so too because she was kind of the first one to get a lot of slack for it and yeah. then like what she went through kind of opened the doors for like Hannah B being more like open with her sexuality. Totally. So I think that's probably why they went. Yeah. And like she's still very involved with ABC. She just did Dancing with the Stars. She does her Bachelorette podcast. So she's definitely like still in that world. Yeah, very true. And I also think like Becca's kind of um, involved in some controversy over Garrett. So that, you know, they mm. didn't want. That Rachel's yeah. a little, like, polarizing to some people, and they didn't, you know. So I can see why they picked, they, and Tasha's very, very popular, so I think, like, Tasha and Caitlyn made sense. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, they're both still with people from The Bachelor. Like, obviously, Caitlyn mm-hmm. didn't stay with Sean, but she's dating someone from a different season. So I feel like that might give the contestants hope, like, if it's not the yeah. belief, then yeah. maybe you can marry another contestant. Yeah, and you can't have you can't have Hannah B. Like Hannah B's out because she's best friends with Matt. So it's kind of like <laughs> going back to the seasons. What I find interesting is that more bachelorettes are with the person they chose at the end than bachelors, and I think it's just because women make better decisions. Oh, a hundred percent. And also, like a lot of in the bachelorette, there's a if you their first impression rose has a really high chance of making it to the end and being the winner. Whereas like the bachelor, it's never happened. <laughs> Except in, in, like, unless you include Peter, but I don't really include Peter because he broke. I feel like the bat, like it's just like guys who get distracted by like superficial things, but I feel like women are very like emotionally aware mm-hmm. of like other people and themselves. So I feel like they just, I don't want to say it, but yes, women are smarter. They're better. (laughs) (laughs) No surprise there. (laughs) Or they just need to choose better leads. I don't know. Or better women for the leads. I don't know. It goes both ways, I guess. Literally. I feel like when I look back at it, I think Matt did a fine job. Again, I never was convinced he was there to get married because of many things. But I still think he was a good person, a good lead, like very articulate and whatnot. 
I think it really was the women, his cast of women made it so hard to watch his season. Like, it just was not fun. It was super taxing. There were a few likable women, but really only, like, one or two rootable women. So it was just, like, not a great cast. I never got the vibe from Matt that he wasn't ready for marriage. And I think you guys are just better reality TV show viewers than I am. But what gave you that vibe? For me, I feel like he was just, he kept on saying, like, well, one, sort of the beginning part where he was, like, selling cameos and, like, sort of already starting to use his influence. Just because, like, I feel like... I mean, I know he had the rare occasion where he was announced way before his season had been filmed, but it just still felt odd to me. And then two, I think all the times he kept on being like, I've never been in a serious relationship. I've never been in love. It's just like hard to imagine. There's obviously something holding him back in there. And it's hard to imagine that he would be willing to marry some, get proposed, get engaged to someone after four weeks of knowing them when he's never had like, a serious relationship as a benchmark to prepare him to want that mm. so like it was just sort of those things that I was just kind of like I think he's a great person I think he's very nice I'm sure he's wonderful but I just never got the impression that he actually was there to like get down on one knee but like maybe find a girlfriend sure but like never to get married no I totally agree I think for me it was more more so like him just being in the bubble because he's best friends with Hannah he's best friends with Tyler and like, the only reason he got on the show is because he's best friends with them. So it didn't. it's not like he applied and was, like, you know, like, really looking for that. It was more just, like, he was just popular and got asked to do it. And obviously you're going to say yes. And he's also, like, I feel like, I don't know, Tyler wasn't really ready to get married either. I know he said he was, <laughs> but he really wasn't. And it, it just seems like as his best friend, he just, you know, he probably wasn't either. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, living together in New York, like, in like a two-bedroom apartment (laughs) yeah so yeah well I honestly think like I guess we could give our final thoughts on the whole season um and obviously it got overshadowed by all the Rachel stuff but I think I've said it a few times throughout the season I thought Matt was honestly like I thought he was very respectful of all the women being there I think he I think he was very honest which I think was really important because I think like let's say in past seasons when somebody hasn't been fully honest people get confused and people get like oh like why am I going home or why am I going home and I think he was always just I thought he did a really good job I genuinely did I think he did a good job I just he was a little boring for me I think Mm. just (laughs) (laughs) um I mean he said all the right things he did all the right things like I think just like sometimes you need a little bit of spice Um, (laughs) like Hannah B was a little chaotic which made it kind of fun or like I don't know, Caitlin Bristow was a little chaotic. Um, Taisha was just so, like, charming that, like, she didn't need to do anything else. You know, like, she was just so good on camera. For And for Matt, I think, I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about him. I just, like, wasn't that entertained. I feel like because he, he himself wasn't that entertaining, that's why, like, we had to focus on the woman. And maybe that's his fault, and maybe it just was. Maybe it was just production doing that, but... That's, yeah. And also, I just think that the fact that this all amounted to nothing makes me kind of feel, like, bleh about it. Yeah. Um, better or worse than Peter? Oh, worse. Because (laughs) I think Peter, yeah, because I think Peter also had terrible women, but it was so chaotic. Like, every, I didn't watch the entire season, but, like, every episode was just so chaotic with the, the drama. And he was also involved in the drama, which made it better. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, everyone had their, like, season arcs at the end. You know, like, Hannah Ann had her arc for, like, from going from the annoying 23-year-old to, like, slamming down, like, throwing out her engagement ring at him. <laughs> and, like, something to root for. And then, like, also just the whole Barb-Maddie controversy was insane. Like, very popcorn-worthy. <laughs> <laughs> If we're talking about somebody who isn't ready for marriage, it was for sure Peter. I literally don't think I've ever met anybody else that acts like a 19-year-old but is, like, 29. I know. Which kind of made it fun to watch. He seemed sweet. He was, well, he was just not a great lead, but he was so entertaining because he just made the worst decisions. (laughs) Literally. He was such a shit show. (laughs) It was like, here are two two decisions. Let me pick the worst one (laughs) every time. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I think first of note, someone who's never been on the show before and probably didn't watch many episodes, I'm guessing he didn't really watch many to get to himself um, acquainted with what was going on. I think Matt did a fine job. And I think, like, again, like, so many things overshadowed him in his season that, on, uh, honestly, Matt is the least memorable part of the season, which sucks because mm-hmm. you're the lead. So it's supposed to be all about you. But just, like, the things that happened and the things that they chose to put in the show, like, he definitely faded into the background and everything else took over. It was honestly, it honestly felt like Katie was the lead until she went home. Like, it felt like oh. she was so focused on. It was like she was the lead and, like, Victoria was the villain, and then it switched to the other villains, and then at the end, Rachel's the ultimate villain. It's kind of how I saw it. <laughs> the plot twist is that they're yeah. all villains. <laughs> That's why I'm excited to see Michelle and Katie, because generally, I like The Bachelorette better than The Bachelor. I think The Bachelorette is just way more fun to watch, and they're usually smarter, so <laughs> it's, like, more enjoyable to watch. Um, so I'm really, really excited to see what they're going to do. And I feel like Caitlin and Tasha will be, like, really good co-hosts. And I mm-hmm. think it will just be – I really think it will be, like, some of the best seasons yet. Like, my perfect – like, my like my perfect ideal situation is, like, this is the rebrand of The Bachelorette. Mm. And maybe it will, like, stay that way instead of having, like, nasty old Chris Harrison come back. Something I'm also excited about is that Katie's 30 and Michelle's 27, mm-hmm. so, like, they're probably going to have older guys as well, which just makes for a better season. Well, they're also just, both of them are just so mature, and, like, mm-hmm. they know what's up, and they, like, they just know how to hold it down in a way that's just great and respectful, and, like, I just think that they're gonna do such a good job. I think both of them will. And they're funny. Like, the best parts was, like, their outtakes. Like, they're, they have such, like, good personalities, I think, for television, and probably off television, that I think it just is gonna be really enjoyable to watch. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us throughout the season. Um, we hope you enjoyed hearing all of our thoughts and everything we had to say, and have a great rest of your day. Bye! Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Here for the Worst Reasons and Twitter at Here for the Worst. As always, trust the process and trust this podcast.